founder and CEO of BBB London, also known as Blink, mother of three, and self-professed brow lover, Vanita Party joins us today. Stay tuned as we discuss her founder journey and nearly 18 years in the making. Hi everyone and welcome to Founder Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far and I've decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Vanita Party. She is the founder and CEO of BBB London, or Blink, the go-to grooming expert for brows. With a mission to bring the ancient art of threading into the 21st century, Vanita created one of the first walk-in brow bars to offer the most premium experience. Threading wasn't even heard of when Vanita first launched Blink Beauty Bar in 2004 with just one chair in Fenwick Bond Street in London. With the brow beauty market now triple its worth today, realizing the gap in the market it couldn't have come at a better time. Since its launch, BBB London has naturally evolved into offering both brow and lash products to recreate the experience from home and has continued to grow across the globe. Opening in more locations around New York City, Vanita has truly disrupted the industry in influencing how we view brow beauty today. And I couldn't be more excited to sit down with her. So Vanita, thank you so much for being with us. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So I ask all my guests the same question. Same is going to go to you is who in a nutshell is Vanita? Someone that's really passionate, that enjoys taking risks, uh, that doesn't believe that any obstacle can't be overcome. Uh, and I'm a dreamer. I'm a real dreamer. So I'm not very practical. Um, and yeah, wants to have fun along the way. I love it. That's that, that's the most important thing. We have to consistently remind ourselves like life is all about having fun. And uh, it sounds easy to do, but we always forget to have fun on the journey. So it's very important. But yeah. I do want to go a little bit back to sort of the beginning of, I guess you could say, what were some of your first um, memories of beauty growing up? And did you have like, you know, what was your brow perception like did you start threading from an early age like what did how did you get into also the brow scene from a young age well it's funny actually because my mother is probably the least vain woman woman that I know and we grew up without you know we didn't have much beauty around us in the family but Mm. we did have home remedies so I think my mother was always looking to save a buck so instead of going and getting our legs waxed at you know the local beauty salon we would make our wax at home and, mm-hmm. you know, with honey and sugar, um, we would have face packs. Mum would make face packs at home with, you know, turmeric and yogurt and honey and lemon, which were amazing. I still use that the today. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she would oil our hair with, uh, oh, gosh, she used to use mustard oil, which I remember the strong Smells. smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I look back now and think, well, actually, I'm quite grateful because my hair is is still very healthy and glossy. So I feel very blessed. But, um, yeah. So, so I guess my early memory was, you know, if there was a way that we could solve the problem in the kitchen uh, and make us look beautiful, then let's do it. So we, yeah. I've got two sisters. There are three, three of us. So we would wax each other's legs and make face masks and slap it on each other. And so it was all, it was all great fun. Um, but strangely, my, the one thing that my mother did feel we needed to do as soon as we became teenagers was get our eyebrows sorted out and being Indian yeah we've all got a lot of hair and we had a lot of eyebrow and I yeah. think the mono the mono brow appeared um, <laughs> stop being cute you know at 13 um and so when we uh we used to go to Delhi every year and when we were there my mother decided to march me to a local parlor and everyone does threading on every street corner every Indian woman will tell you you know you get it done quickly and brilliantly and so she took me to a salon I had my eyebrows threaded and wow you know the difference it made was incredible and I guess I've been obsessed with that since and Um, living in London it was it was easy to get that in the suburbs 
but not uh, when I moved centrally. It was it was much harder to come by. So um, that became I became slightly obsessed about that gap in the market. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we'll go back to the beauty, I guess, and and also how you created BBB London because it's a, I'm sure an amazing story but I would love to know a little bit about um, your experience uh, I know you studied modern history and politics at Birmingham and then yes. you went to do a marketing diploma and you worked for British Airways and the marketing team so tell us a little bit about your kind of university time and initial career well you know I didn't really have a plan I had quite a carefree father who was also an entrepreneur and quite chaotic so you know he was thrilled that we went to university that was kind of good enough for him and when I left, um, there was a bit of a recession, Gulf War, so I decided to go traveling for a year. I had a great time traveling through India and the Far East. And then when yeah. I came back, I was slightly obsessed with travel. I fell into travel, absolutely loved it, um, and then realized that I had a bit of a creative side to me. So I went into marketing for travel. So I worked for Thompson mm-hmm. Holidays. I was creating their brochures. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I decided to do a marketing diploma in the evening. Uh, I yep. lived in Ealing. So I used to go and do, um, you know, night school, whatever you call it. And I got my diploma. And then I moved to British Airways. And I think for me, that was the kind of pinnacle of my career, because one, I absolutely loved it. It was the heyday of British Airways, where every meeting was in a different city. Um, yeah. And I learned so much. I worked for brands and it really made me understand what it is to create a customer journey, to consider every touch point, to have the halo effect of a brand. Um, And it just made me think, wow, this is the perfect combination of my loves in life. One is travel, one is creativity. But wouldn't it be amazing if I took this combination and created my own brand? So I think it wasn't a planned journey at all. It just, you know, it all came about by accident. And honestly, I had no idea what I was going to do. And I don't really have the pressure. And I think that was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. And because of the character I am, and as I say, I'm a bit of a dreamer. I don't like being pinned down. Um... And so it, it kind of, it just worked for my, with, for my personality. Definitely. I, well, speaking of um, creating the brand, like how did you start? I, I know the first, um, I guess the first entry into the BBB London universe was the, the brow bar and Fennec and the, the first chair you had. So tell us how that started. Well, you know, I, I came up with the idea, which was great. And I worked with this fantastic woman in, who had a salon in Wembley and she, she, said, look, I'll, I'll help you, but I don't want to be involved just because she is an amazing woman and but she didn't want the headache. So, so I spent lots of time shadowing her in the salon. And then I thought, right, how am I going to persuade uh, a premium department store in central London to take this on? And it was quite, it was really very difficult. You know, I, I would be on the phone, cold calling is, is very painful. And when yeah. you have a new concept, uh, that people don't quite get it. You just have the phone put down on you. So I did, you know, I called Harvey Nichols, I called Selfridges. Um, I made best friends with the receptionist at Selfridges. I would almost go and see her every day. I gave her a proposal and every day I would physically go and see her and say, has anything happened? Have you managed to pass it on? And it was always, ah, oh, I have, but sorry, they haven't got back to you. So But then my sister said, try Fennec in Bond Street because they often launch new ideas and brands. But more importantly, they're right next door to Vogue. And if you get one journalist from Vogue coming in and they love it, the rest will follow. So I did call up the buyer and I said, look, this is something quite new. And she said, I know it. It's not new. It does exist. Um, You know, Vishali Patel's a very well-known beautician and she was the queen of eyebrow threading, but she's very exclusive and very expensive. So she said, I know of her. I think this is really going to work. I can't offer you this brow bar concept you've got, but I'll give you one chair and you can put it in the middle of the lingerie department and see how it goes. So it wasn't the most romantic or glamorous way to start, but I was thrilled to just get you know, someone taking me seriously for five minutes. Um, So, so we did, we put a chair in and I invited all the journalists at Vogue to come in and they did. And they, I was put in the, on the beauty pages saying, fantastic. Wow. The art of threading, the results of threading. And then lots more journalists started pouring in and the queues just started building. And it wasn't just the PR that I got, but it was also because it was, 
visible. And so mm. the theatre and the fact that people could look and see the difference that it made to get your eyebrows threaded rather than waxed or plucked. Yep. And they loved it. And people just, they would literally gawp. And the therapists would, you know, they were in their element because suddenly they were sort of mini celebrities where people were taking their skill very, very seriously. And so it was, it was great fun to watch. And, you know, we went from being very, very quiet and drumming up interest to suddenly having cues build up and they really built up. I mean, they were, they were coming out of the store. You know, we had women fighting for, for a place on the chair and they all had, you know, people had to be removed by security at 6 PM because we hadn't got round to them and they had a party that night. Wow. So it, it, it became a thing. Uh, and then of course all the department stores soon, soon wanted. called because they all yeah. wanted threading in there in, in there so, you talk about that a bit because i have two a two-prong question one is you mentioned it briefly but i know mentally it's very draining and difficult when you get a lot of no's right so mm. tell i want to go a bit and like how did you deal with those rejections and obviously chan- not let it defeat you but also then the second prong part of the question would be then hearing them coming back you know, how do you also kind of like, um, you know, go back to the, you know, not hold a bitter sense of, uh, uh-huh, now you want me, but then also at the same time, like, you know, build a brand. You've got to like, you've got to, it's a good I know, you've got to, you, you, you've, you've got, got to suck, suck up, up that ego. Yeah, exactly. But I tell you what, it's a good feeling though. It's of course, of course, yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, well, yeah. hey, you know, but. Now, yeah. now on my terms, you know, now we talk, now I negotiate with you, which is well, quite interesting. it was interesting. the dream, yeah. you know, my yeah. phone, I just remember looking at my phone and thinking ring please ring please ring and it never rang and then suddenly ringing off the hook and you just think yes (laughs) so that's a dream isn't it um it is but what was the question i've got yeah the the first question was i guess like the first part would how were you dealing with those no's every time you heard that no rejection yeah gosh i just remember thinking you don't understand what I'm trying to do and you don't understand how amazing this is going to be. And I think because I had so much confidence that this was going to be a huge success that I refused to give up. So I just kept trying to find ways around it. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, Harvey Nichols have said no, let's try Selfridges. Selfridges said no, and then I tried Fennec. And then also I started thinking, fine, I can set up my own shop somewhere. It doesn't have to be. Exactly. It's not as low risk, and I need to find some capital, but I can open up my own places. So I think I I just kept going because I believed in it. And I did speak to someone who was in Selfridges with a fashion brand. And I said to her, if you could give me one piece of advice, what would it be? And she said to be unashamedly persistent. Mm. And I think that's possibly the best advice I got because I literally phoned those department stores every day. And yeah, they got really irritated with me. But I, I just kept finding new ways to sell the same idea to them. And, you know, it you, you just got to keep going yeah. <laughs> and try and find, um, you know, di- different avenues. But, you know, if it's a good idea, you will get there. Exactly. And I think going back to that first point you mentioned, it's so crucial to have confidence in what you're doing. Um, then you sort of those thoughts, those doubts are very minimized because you have that tunnel vision of like, no, but I know it's going to be the future it might not be today but it will be maybe tomorrow so that keeps you going right it doesn't make you make you stop well there are um, lots of naysayers there'll always exactly. be naysayers there'll always be naysayers um, always yeah. and i and i've realized that it's you know well first of all people said no one will sit out in public absolutely not because it's yeah. such a private and personal thing and mm. you do realize that you know disruption is the most exciting thing you can possibly do where customers if you ask them they'll say no i wouldn't do that but they, you can persuade them. And sometimes yeah. people don't know what's out there and what they need. And you look at, you know, who thought that we'd be jumping into Ubers and yeah. all sorts of things. So, you know, I, I, I think that it's, you, you do need to have courage of your conviction. Um, yeah. You know, and, very, and, and it's crucial and keep going. 
Yep. And, and that's what you did. And, and now, so today there's, uh, how many, how many bar bars are there today? Over 30? So we've got 20. We did have 30 pre pandemic, but we have streamlined. Um, we're kind of building back up again and actually, um, yeah, in a, in a more thoughtful way, because I think it's really important that all our customers get a, a really you know, a really wonderful experience when they come in. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I feel we kind of overexpanded quite quickly and now we're now looking at um, making sure that everybody, that the service is really consistent and everybody gets a exactly. wonderful experience. But that's sort of like the beauty of, um, which is I know at the time it's like, it was uh, quite heartbreaking for most and very difficult to navigate the pandemic uh, from a business perspective. Um, and I know it would not have been easy at the beginning having, you know, the whole world kind of shut down, um, which inevitably affects the... And I'm sure you didn't get much alleviation on rent and stuff and all these bravars, and it's just not easy for a business. But I love the fact that today now, you know, you're, you're, it, it does change your... Even though the market might be in a perceived way, and it probably is back to normal, if not busier, the world is like crazy right now, everyone's out and about. Mm. But we don't know what will happen in the future. And you have to learn from these moments and, and it's a new norm, right? So has that been something that you had to really do a lot of kind of digging on, of how the brick and mortar business will forever be different in the future after the pandemic? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I was really saddened because I thought it was over for bricks and mortar. Uh, and where yeah. would that take our brand? And so during the pandemic, I really worked very hard to build up an online experience. Um, but actually, it's really interesting to see how I feel we're swinging back towards bricks and mortar in a way, because it's such an overcrowded market online. And I think people are craving touch and feel and smell. And that's everything Blink offers as a brand in our shops. So not not our brow bars and department stores, but our shops are so incredibly busy because um, that's where we can really show our brand off. And it is all about, you know, the senses, escapism, taking respite exactly. from a busy day. And, you know, I, I think that online is really important. You basically have to have a three 60 degree experience for your customer now it's all important and um and i'm glad it's rebalancing a little bit but i would certainly think twice about investing too heavily in either i think Mm -hmm. i think both just need to be very uh you know evenly weighed out exactly no it's so true and i think that's that's the the new norm now is is you have to like now think of the business very mindfully in every step and uh, going also to your point of that expansion and it's 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 great to have you know quick expansion and growth but even then it's hard to sometimes as a founder is take a step back and be like the business is growing everything's moving but let me just take a moment to understand you know what is um, and there's not right and wrong, but what is the, the, the next direction for the, for the business? And, and one thing I love what you guys have done is you also, and also stemming from your childhood, you went into also at-home essentials with BBB London and making products for everyone to also have the efficacy and, and what you deliver in store in your, in your salon, in your beauty salons, to now also um, having that ability to have it at home. So how did you end up creating your range and what does the portfolio look like today? Well, it was really organic, actually. Um, I hadn't intended to, but customers were asking for it. And Mm. it seemed like a no-brainer to try and create our own products to deal with, to give them solutions for their brows. Uh, And I found myself recommending products from other brands. And I just thought, you know, we have customers coming day in, day out who are giving us feedback, who we can show, um, you know, we can show our samples to and work with them to create something that's really uh, brilliant for brows and we did so you know we started we started making products shortly after we opened the brow bars actually but they've just grown and grown and now we've got a really you know really comprehensive portfolio but you know it's a simple portfolio because we don't want to overwhelm customers we just have what we consider to be the essentials for your brows so it's it's color it's but it's also oils which no one's really thought about and I think we were the first to launch brow oil to really take mm. care of the hair 
around you know your brows essentially and um you know it's interesting because you know you talk a lot about hair um for you know on your head and massaging um and it's equally important to do that for your brows and I think people you know brows are a little bit of an afterthought and we really encourage them to take care of them so they remain moisturized and um they don't get too brittle and as you age you don't you know lose them so we do focus on that we've also created lash oil and we're just about to launch a brow boost which is a really amazing serum to help your brows grow um and i think what we see from sort of you know western our western customers is that you know they may have overplucked uh, especially in the 90s they're desperate for their brows to come back so how do we help them do that through cosmetics yep. but also through sort of natural solutions um but also you know also we have an audience that just love you know brows have now become such a big part of yep. you know makeup and they never used to be so it's as important as lipstick you know good brow gel or good brow pencil and i like to think that we helped uh, you know, set that agenda. Um, but it's, but you know, that they're, they're, they're so important. Yep. Um, and so now we have a product. So we do, we, we have a selection of products for, so that yep. customers can take care of their brows at home, um, come in, get them shaped beautifully and then take, you know, their, what I would say probably three essentials home with them, uh, that they can use to keep them looking fabulous. That's amazing. And, and I love the fact that, um, You've when I go on your website and I've seen the array of brow and and and, and also eye and the whole like uh, you know the whole ritual around the whole um, this upper part of the, the the face. I love how um, you've gone so innovative with certain kind of um, formulas and applicators. So is that something that like did you have? Was it yourself in your mind, or was it like did you have an incredible like MPD team? Because that's not an easy thing to do coming from you know no. brand founder. No. It's really, it, honestly, I, I kind of just really started with um, messing around at home in my kitchen. Uh, when we wow. came up with the brow oil, it was looking, yeah. you know, it was just thinking about all the problems that customers had when they tried to use certain pencils. They were too flaky. Um, they needed a smaller brush that was applicable for the brows because they weren't there weren't enough products that were specialist enough just for brows. So even when we create an oil, we've got it in a small roller ball so you can apply it easily because it's a smaller um, area. And when we created our brow gel, it's, we have a tiny minuscule brush so you can, you know, use it to brush um, the formula into the brows. So it, it was really working with manufacturers, um, creating blends at home, doing a lot of research that, you know, we came up with some what I think are incredible products and we then asked customers to try samples and give us their feedback. And the thing that we work very hard on is shades because for brows, it's it's really important to get the right shade because if they look too dark, it, it, you know, or, or if, it's, if you've got very fair brows, you want to enhance them but not make them look like, you know, ridiculous, um, like yeah. caterpillars, then um, you, you need that advice. So we just... You know, it was just a lot of um, research, chatting, looking at formulas, working with manufacturers. And to this day, I still do that. I'm really involved. Um, in fact, I've just come from from a meeting with my team and always looking at how we can be innovative, how we can look, use ingredients no one else has looked at, but ingredients that are really good uh, for the brow. So we make sure we've got the right vitamins in. Uh, we try and find ingredients that come from India because that's where all this inspiration has come from for us. Um, So we look at, you know, turmeric, rose, jasmine, and, you know, just making sure that it's not, our products aren't gimmicky. They are actually, they actually take care of your brows while they make you look beautiful as well. I love it. I also want to talk about that because you have incredible treatments and I know, I know you have also some Ayurvedic inspired wellness treatments, like the brow pinching, correct? And like the head and neck shoulder massage. Can you tell us a little bit about why this Ayurvedic rituals are so important? Well, you know, it's really funny because our customers were coming in and they loved the uh, 15, because it's a quick treatment, 15 minutes in the chair and you get, you know, threaded. And they wanted um well we we did a very quick 60 second massage on their brows Mm. and they absolutely loved it and 
it was different because we use an Ayurvedic method of um, pressing on mama points. Yes. And they hadn't really experienced it before. And they just said, please, can we have like a, a proper full massage where that's all you do? So I worked with the team and we developed brow pinching, which sounds painful, but isn't. It's wonderfully relaxing, but it's very much working around your brows and the marma points to improve circulation around that area. And as I say, it's quite a forgotten area. So it's kind of kicking um, the lymph nodes around that area into action, getting rid of bags around the eyes um, and helping you feel deeply relaxed. So, and then we also do head, neck and shoulder, but the Indian way. So that means putting pressure on, you know, not, I mean, the worst thing as you probably agree with me, the worst thing is a soft massage. You know, you want to feel those (laughs) thumbs really getting into those marmor points, which are your kind of energy channels in your body and, you know, releasing energy and also alleviating stress. So, you know, so customers now come in and, and they'll, a lot of them don't, necessarily want to do their brows but they'll come in and say look can I just have that 15 minute either brow pinching or what we have we have something called an eye soother which just really helps you relax that part of your face you know just focusing on the eyes uh, for 15 minutes you know is really soothing and they love it but you know it all comes from you know as a child again my mother used to give me wonderful head massages um and concentrate on all the marma points. I didn't realize that's what she was doing then, but it just it's just yeah. a thing, a ritual that's done and it's and, and everyone in the family does it for each other. And um and I've heard you talk about it as well with you know with your shampoos and your oils and okay. and it's such a lovely it's such a lovely and relaxing thing. And I think the Western world are beginning to um well they love it and they're adopting they love it. it. Uh, I mean yeah. the pandemic accelerated that kind of learnings of also through like TikTok and stuff like that, but like a lot of now education, the power of like these rituals, these time-tested 4,000-year-old rituals, but mm. often people still might not realize it's an Ayurvedic practice, but that's okay. As long as they're doing it, that's what matters, right? So um, it's just about understanding that these are have amazing benefits, but it's still something so, I guess, simple, but time-tested. And um, that's something why I think... Uh, People are very receptive to it today. Um, so it's quite interesting in the Western world to like bringing all these like, even like uh, the Kanza wand in the hair and all that kind of stuff. People are like, what is this? I'm like, oh, let me explain it. But even for us, and I'm sure for you, we kind of were, were just born up and raised around it. We didn't even know what it was. We didn't understand it was Ayurvedic growing up. We just, it was just like something so common in our household. Um, like when you made those homemade masks, etc. But actually learning about Wait, it, there's so it many benefits. they work. And they, they work. work, you know, I, I think, really I think that's, that's the thing. People don't come back for more unless they feel deeply relaxed or exactly. you can see that your uh, the area around your brows or your hair is looking amazing, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's much cheaper <laughs> spending it's a fortune cheaper. On, exactly. on all these, all this sort of skincare and tools and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, need it. Yeah, your fingers and, you know, good oils around your face and your hair and circulation are so important and so easy sometimes less is more and less is more effective it's so true yeah and it's going back to the roots and just simplifying it but um one thing i want to mention is in 2015 something incredible happened so can you tell us about the mbe that you got awarded yeah it was wonderful actually because (laughs) i got a i got a call from some government official who said to me um I remember I was on my way to work and she said, oh, we've sent you a letter and you haven't replied. And we just wondered whether you wanted to accept. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And she said, oh, you've been an awarded uh, an honor. I said, what kind of honor? Um, and when she told me that I've been awarded an MBE, that um, I, you know, I was, I was really shocked. I said, oh my God, you know, what for? And she said, well, for contribution to beauty. And I think I was really shocked because it, it feels like such an internal thing when you're in it and you don't yeah. think anyone's really observing externally what you're doing or, you're, you know, yeah. I just, I was so deep in it. And I said, I'm really sorry. I haven't seen the letter, but yes, I would like to accept. Um, and of course I phoned my parents immediately and they were absolutely thrilled. Um, as was I, I just thought it was such a wonderful recognition of all the work my team had done. And, you know, we just, as you know, it's not easy. 
set, you know, um, setting up a business from scratch and having people accept um, a very Indian um, kind of yeah. business and, ad- yep. and ad- adopting it and, and loving it and celebrating it, you know. So I kind of took my hat off to London customers for doing that, but also yeah. for recognized you know no, and, it's, it's it's incredible it's so inspiring especially to i mean personally as a south asian it's just like for me like that's like okay like it's it's like not even like it's inspiring but it's also, it also makes me feel it's possible for someone like us you know because i never thought growing up that um these accolades by uh you know especially for not only as a south asian i, I mean more a south asian also bringing South Asian rituals and stuff to the Western world. It's just so inspiring to see that being adopted by the whole country. It's amazing. Yeah. And, you know, when I started my business, Bollywood was kind of exploding (laughs) in the UK. And it was so nice that our culture was being celebrated. And I think that's what really made me feel like it was such a good time to launch Blink. Um, Just just because I think we were turning a corner because I grew up in a quite a different world i'm a bit older than you akash but the british weren't quite uh, ready then but but i think in 2004 there was definitely uh, a change of attitude where people were really celebrating indian food and film i think even like bend it like beckham i know it's a basic thing but i remember growing up that was like quite a pivotal moment in like film right like in Mm. uk where people were like oh then there was also all these tv shows like goodness gracious me and stuff and i just remember growing up seeing those and that was like the western side and then like obviously i was watching star plus and colors and all that kind of the 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 indian tv serials with my grandma um but it was nice to see that in like the the normal like channels you know it was really cool yeah and you know i i think also it was really lovely to be able to employ indian women um a lot of them couldn't speak english well at all Uh, you know one of my therapists who i employed um Literally, when I just opened Blink Brow Bar, she was working in a factory in Southall, and she she couldn't speak much English at all. But she now speaks English very well, and she's wow. been with me since. Um, really, and, wow! You know, and it's just That's really lovely. Yeah, yeah, really lovely to celebrate what she didn't even think was a skill, and that she wasn't paid very handsomely for when when she was trading elsewhere. That's that's actually huge. I want to talk about that because, so she's still with you today in the company. Yeah. How, how, like, obviously that just shows what an amazing culture you've, um, you've, you've been building and the family you've been building. Uh, It is really uh, someone, you know, to have someone retain and stay with you shows exactly the kind of culture you're, you're cultivating. But um, do you know, like, yeah, can you give us some of the examples that you feel, if you may say so, like that you feel like has allowed her to want to stay? Well, you know, I think uh, a lot of the women that work for us, they need flexibility. They're mothers, they've got children. Um, But also, I think in the Indian culture, the women are expected to be at home and to cook and Mm -hmm. to bring up the children. So, um, you know, we we, we have to be there to understand that. And it can be very challenging when you're trying to run a business. But at the same time, we need to uh, recognize that they have pressure, you know, whether it's from you know, extended families. So we do have to deal with that. And I think that that is part of the culture that we try and support the girls as much as we can. They often have to return back to India for long periods of time. Um, so a lot of a lot of therapists have been with me since since I started the business. And, you know, I, I think that we have a culture where they can be promoted, improve, um, their skill is recognized as being something that's coveted. Um, and there was a time that it wasn't. So I think we've elevated what they do enormously and, you know, hopefully given them opportunities that if they did want to leave, and of course many do, but, you know, I'm really proud to say that I think, you know, over half our workforce has been with us for over, you know, five, six years. That's incredible. That is truly, I mean, that's something that, uh, I aspire to have it in in the company I'm, I'm building, and I'm only I mean two years in, but that is um, yeah. That, I ask that question because I want to take a mental note to also make sure I, I cultivate that. Well, it, you know, it's really hard to get the balance because all, no, obviously you yeah. are running a business and you want to give yeah. as much as you can, and so those those are the big. It's it's been a it's a big challenge, but obviously mm-hmm. you know 
You want to run a business with some, you want to, yeah, yeah. I'm a woman, I've got three children, I understand. Yeah, um, how you would want to be treated if you were in the same yeah. situation. It's very important yeah. to put yourself in that. And, and also, um, yeah, like listen on that journey, especially today more than ever, because you, you probably know that even what was done 10 years ago is so different to today because uh, the markets change. Also, um, I can tell you from even being in my short career, six years in Estee, then Dior, et cetera, I remember seeing the change in my colleagues. So I, having had that corporate experience, I kind of know how my team feel. And it's sort of like, even for my employees, it's like, forget, like at Dior, like the first year, it was like, oh, you don't ask for a salary increase for like until two, three years or this and that. Now it's like every six months, there is like a performance review and you have to like review because inflation, competition, market, you know, th- there's a lot more to consider than today. And retention is, even if they're very loyal, they love you, they love the brand, bills have got to be paid. And, you know, comp- uh, there are other companies offering amazing packages and it's hard. So one thing I've done is, is just in my performance reviews is just, I just listen a lot. Like, and I even go deeper and they say they're great. I'm like, okay, no, but what's not good. Just tell me like, what's not good. I don't want to hear it, but just tell me because maybe I can prevent something happening in the future. And that's really yeah. important to have that dialogue. And I yeah. think, you know, we, we, people need to move on and there are always opportunities out there and I always feel really upset when someone well I used to feel very upset when someone left I've got a lot stronger about that because I used to think oh they're leaving the family but um but you know I I I think if you've done as much as you can in terms of being a brand be happy yeah yeah and and there's only so much we can do because it's a business it's and yeah people come people go but yes I think ultimately at the heart of it you want to retain and and yeah yeah, and and keep your family but it's exactly that that feeling of like I guess it's kind of that feeling I would never know because I haven't had it yet but like when you have a child that goes to university you're like one minute it's like oh you're really sad they're leaving but you're also really excited for their new step in their in their journey I've been there I've got two yeah you know okay so (laughs) exactly and but then it's up to you you know you can still have a choice um to like and obviously if you have a child going to university you're not gonna like cut them off you're gonna still communicate but same with your your team like you know it's up to you to have that good relationship to say let's still meet for a coffee let's still potentially find ways to work together consult or there's still ways you can you can still be with your family yeah. not necessarily as full-time yeah. employees. So, and many yeah. many of them have actually come back to work with us i'm or, sure wow that's or, amazing, or yeah. just helped you know exactly. often we've been short-staffed and they've stepped back in so it, i think ending on a good relationship again not always possible because no. <laughs> the reality of life is such but um yeah, yeah that's exactly intent but then the reality except whatever it may be. It's very, very true. Um, But one thing also I want to kind of go into, and we touched upon it lightly, is so the pandemic obviously shaped um, certain changes in the business. But personally for you, we need to like, what did it do for you? Did it make you adopt new rituals? Were you going more into these beauty routines? Like, How did you come out of the pandemic? Well, I definitely, um, it was, God, it was quite a sobering time, I think, for everybody. And being at home, um, you know, I, I think it, it makes you really think about things, think about the business. I definitely adopted rituals. You know, I was showing everyone how to make a, a, a face mask on Instagram and I was using my brow oils and massaging myself and also trying to look after my brows now. You know, I have a team that take care of my brows at Blink Brow Bar who are amazing. So I was left trying to look after my own. And it wasn't, I realized then that the service we offer is really needed. And I think a lot of people realize that. So, but, you know, I was showing people how to groom at home. So, you know, a pair of little pair of brow scissors was absolutely essential at that time. Uh, and I had some made and sold online because people just don't have them. You know, they they just go to your you just go to your local brow bar now. So just for my own personal calmness, I did a lot of, um, you know, t- took time to use face masks, put oil in my hair, um, a lot of yoga, tried to get into meditation, found it quite hard. I still do. I'm going to be <laughs> really honest about that. Um but actually, it was just a kind of stillness of mind in terms of not running around like a mad woman, which I do an awful lot, and being with the family and reading uh, and just doing things that, you know, we just, just hadn't had time to do before. But it made me think very hard about my business as well. And what did I want out of it? And 
I had been so super ambitious beforehand and I just thought, you know, be careful for what you want because now I had 30 brow bars, 200 therapists and we didn't even know if we were going to be able to open our doors again and I just thought, gosh, you know, have something smaller, manageable, um, don't don't race for something just because it's big in size, race for something that makes me feel really happy and I can do with in depth and with richness and think about and be um, a, a, a business everyone loves working in rather than being stretched all the time. So it did, it made me think about a lot of things. Um, and I think we've definitely come out of it better as a business. And I definitely feel I would never want to go back to that time again because I love people too much. And I, I missed I miss that desperately. I'm not very good being stifled uh, and stuck within four walls. But um, yeah, but it was just a time for reflection. And I think I think we probably all come out a little bit different. Yeah, it's a reality. But I think yeah. a lot of us have, and I think you, you're definitely hearing your answer too, it's like a lot more mindful and valuing kind of self-worth a bit more like it's all great to have you know you have your family you have your kids you have your business but I think it was a moment to pause and just say how much how, how much do we invest in ourselves uh because a lot of it was stuck at home you know uh, obviously in moments the days where you are alone you're not always distracted by you know whatever and I think that's a really like in a way that was one of the biggest blessings of that moment is um having that much time just to be still for a bit and then assess everything around that. Um, for me, I'm realizing yeah. you don't need. You don't so need much a lot. We don't need. Um, oh, for sure. I don't yeah. need to be going out every other night. With, you no. know, I, I. You don't need to be eating out every single minute. Yeah. And yeah, there's so. It's very true. It's very very true. And I think um, sometimes I kind of realize, like, I get moments where I miss the pandemic, and I'm like, and I go to myself, Akash, what's wrong with you? Like, yes, you miss the pandemic, but you you can choose to stay at home tonight and just be yeah. still. I think like, we feel social yeah. pressure to be yeah. doing things. And I think that social pressure, a lot of people absolutely love not having it. Yeah. Um, so it's very you know, true. But you're right. We can pick and choose now. We can pick okay. and choose. And yeah. I think that's one thing I've done is I'm quite strict to myself where in now when things are organized well in advance, I always kind of, unless it's a huge deal or a huge event where I commit to sure, but I kind of sometimes say, listen, like, um, I mean, yes, for now, but if something, I'll let you know if something changes because I might that day just decide to invest in myself and say, I don't want to be around people. I don't want to, I just need to be alone today. And it's something that I never thought about in the past. I was always like, be busy every day, have plans. But I think being mindful of how you feel that day, going back to you, you know, you were mentioning as well, like sometimes when you're just busy or stressed, you might want to just cancel things and be like, I don't know if I want to do it today. And it's okay. I think it's super yeah. okay. It's and very I think important. It clar- I think it helps you to think more clearly as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I and I I really have taken to. I still go on long walks and listen to podcasts, and yeah. um, it, it's really nice hearing other perspectives on things, especially around business. And mm-hmm. so that's that was a great discovery during lockdown. Love that. No, um, absolutely. So uh, you know, we're going to go into fire round questions in a bit, but I have. A desert island scenario for you. So I'm inviting you to the Founded Beauty Island. Um, but as you can imagine, uh, you know, it's very strict customs and regulations on this island. And they're allowing you only one BBB London product. What is your go-to? I know. I mean. <laughs> I think it would have to be the brow oil. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah, Because it's... Okay. So it is... Um, a combination of rosemary, sandalwood, lavender, and organic almond oil. Mm. And it's in a, in a bottle with a rollerball on top. So I love um, using that rollerball across my brows because it's like a mini massage. And then using it um, on each temple mm. um, because it just relaxes me. Uh, and I sort of do it in front of the TV. I have my bottle wherever I go. But also the smell is wonderful. The combination of sandalwood and lavender is really calming. Sandalwood reminds me of India. Yeah. And I love being reminded of India. And lavender for me is just deeply relaxing. And I also yeah. know that it's great for my brows. My brows have to look good all the time. That's my job. Yeah. I'm the ambassador for Blink. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that that would be my go-to product. I love that. 
And perfect for the desert island because it also can be a bit cooling as well with the rollerball, which is beautiful. Yeah. They just I have just that hope they don't burn in the sun, but anyway. Yeah, exactly. No, no, I think exactly. Um, but actually, now I'm speaking about every time I ask my founders um, on the podcast this question, I'm like, I actually should do it one day. How cool. Have like a party retreat on an island and invite all these founders. Wow. So maybe it will happen one day. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> but now a uh, fire round question. So this is first thing that comes to your mind. So the first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving oh that's a good one um i have to say i love pat mcgrath because i love lipsticks and i i love her packaging i'm a sucker for packaging so beautiful Uh, and it's just you know she's a makeup artist she knows her stuff and she does really lovely bright bold colors for for darker skin so i think she's my go-to at the moment for cosmetics love that what's a guilty pleasure of yours mm, gosh gin and tonic <laughs> i'm a gin and tonic person <laughs> yes okay we're gonna go have a Bombay gin and tonic Sapphire, one day done done Deline. yeah so um yeah i mean is that a real guilty pleasure yes it is i mean I yeah, should, it's, yeah, a, it's a good know, one though yeah. I, I i share that same pleasure um what are you currently watching or reading oh so i am I'm watching Breeders. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I haven't. Martin Freeman, who I love, who is in the office. And I think he's collaborated in writing it. It's just about a couple that got children Mm. and the challenges it brings. Um, But it's very real and honest. So I've been watching that. Um, I've just finished Stranger Things because my children made me watch it, which I also absolutely loved. Yeah. Um, So, but Breeders I'm watching at the moment. And what am I reading? Because... um, Oh, I'll tell you what I'm reading because um, I, I haven't quite finished. Is um, "Why the Cage Bird Sing" by Maya Angelou, oh, which amazing. was one of my favourite yeah. books growing up, and I mm. kind of forgot about it. it. Was on the shelf, and then I listened to her podcast—not her podcast. I listened to her on Desert Island Discs. It was one of the archives that came up recently, and I listened to it, and she was incredible. So it reminded me that I ought to reread. Uh, the book and so I'm rereading it and it's it's so beautifully written and poetic oh, I love that. so that's what I I'm love reading. that yeah pick up a you know something you've read in the past and just be reminded and also maybe might be I guess absorbing it and and kind of uh, I guess reading it in a different way right because you're in a different yeah kind of life. and we we forget about these great novels we've read but mm-hmm. also you know I'm that bit older now and so I, I'm seeing it from a different perspective which is exactly. really interesting actually really interesting yeah um what's your favorite social media platform right now well I think it is Instagram but it's only because I'm still getting my head around TikTok I love it uh I'm definitely getting more and more obsessed which is dangerous and obviously my children are completely into it yeah uh it makes me laugh which I you know I love but yeah Instagram is for us old fogies so but I'm making the transition yep it's happening and be careful, <laughs> but, but do it mindfully, as you know, because it's I very know. addictive. Maybe I'm better off not making it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think as a business, we need, we, we need to know how best to reach yes. um, everyone. So, yeah, perfect. Um, what do you have like a favorite quote or a mantra? Oh gosh, I think my mantra is very much about um, enjoying the journey not worrying so much about the destination. Yeah. I think exactly. that I've learned to appreciate that a lot more as I get older. Yeah. It was all exactly. about where I was trying to get to and I forgot how much fun I was having along the way. And then you look back and think, oh, you can't get that time back. Mm-hmm. So just savor, just savor it and don't worry about tomorrow. So there's quite a few things in that mantra. <laughs> Love that. That's very true. And my last question is, if you want a beauty entrepreneur, right now what would we need to be doing well so many things um I'd love to write I think Mm. and that's something that I've always quite enjoyed doing and never really had the confidence and um I do it more and more now because I have to write a lot about the brand and blogs and so on so I'd love to take the time to try and capture uh some of my journey over the past 18 years I think that's what I'd love to be doing Please start. I don't know if you're already doing it, but please, I think you should write a book. 
Do you know? Thank you. So it. nice when people when people say that, it just gives you that bit of encouragement. But it's no, quite you really should. Like no, 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 no. Like I, I think, like I think it should be quite macro in the sense of like it doesn't have to be so specific to BBB London and stuff, but it can obviously allude to that. But it should just be such an inspiring story from all the moments of your journey and coming from the angle of you know also like the South Asian someone not coming into a, a market or a country that you had to be the, the the voice of change and inspire like honestly throughout your, your mbe to the bravas the no's to the yes to being a pioneer and inspiring others it's so many nuggets that i think a lot of people will really be inspired and relate to so oh, well, that's, that's very encouraging thank you and actually i would say that you should log every moment of your success now as well because it's hard yeah. to remember everything looking back um, it's hard. and i wish i'd kept a diary so yeah, uh, you know, I, I say sometimes, to... that's a really good point. I, I sometimes say to myself, maybe I'm already doing it just with the way social media is right now. Like, that's the thing I, I probably log even too much where I'm like posting my stories and my posts. But in a way, I'm grateful because, um, yeah, I have those uh, things go so fast. You forget. You, you don't even know sometimes what you did last month. So um, it's yeah. so nice to have that memory bank on, on social media. That um, It's kind of why I continue to post, even though everything in my inklings like, get off your social media. I don't enjoy it anymore. I don't want to post. Just live in the moment. But then it's like, but it's nice to look back sometimes and, and even for others to look back on but it. But also how you feel about exactly. things. Exactly. Because yeah. there are things that stressed me out so much then and now Mm -hmm. I look back and I think god was I really stressed about that so it's just how you grow in how you know it's so true to deal deal with business you know you get a lot tougher and so it's nice remembering those emotions early emotions yeah no so so very true well Vinita it's been an absolute pleasure um this is just the beginning of our friendship we're gonna definitely be continuing and uh I'll be definitely go hanging out uh I live not too far from Phoenix and Bond Street so we'll we'll do a brow treatment and then we'll go for a nice gin and tonic after so let's do that Um, but in the meantime where can everyone follow you and of course uh BBB London as well Yes, well, uh, we're Blink Brow Bars, our Instagram handle, TikTok handle, um, and I'm Vanessa at Blink. And um, yeah, we've got Brow Bars everywhere. So please go visit them. Please send me any messages, any advice you need. We're really happy to help. And we've got a great community. And we just want more and more people to become part of it. Well, I'll put all the links uh, to the website, the socials, everyone can just go tap straight away. And till our gin and tonic and brow date very soon thank you (laughs) see you soon i hope you enjoyed this episode of founded beauty as much as i had making it and if you did please share it with a friend who you think will love it too founded beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as apple Podcasts, spotify amazon music podcast the acast app and many more and I'm also very proud to be part of the ACAST Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.